Tom and Mike. Thomas? <laughs> Thomas? You make Thomas? Me laugh. Even before we get going, this oh, is something Thomas. about your comedic genius that oh. brings a smile to all of our faces. And don't forget my computer literacy, right? Oh, do you really want to go there? No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, Plus, I do love you, my friend. I do lo love you, and I mean that from the heart of my bottom. Well, we should just tell the people before we got on air, I am a computer illiterate, and Thomas is a computer savant, so we don't mesh in that area. But we still work out, right, buddy? We're making it work, <laughs> even if it is with duct tape. There you go. Now, look. There's a senior citizen center facility that's under fire. I don't know if it's senior really citizens facility, <laughs> senior citizen facility that what they're in some hot water because what they did is they brought in some pole dancers for entertainment for its elderly residents. And the problem is, well, they, the, the people are saying that the residents wanted something different and they gave them something. different. They're adults. Come on. Right. They can have a little fun. And they also like to point out to these critics that these dancers, they were doing more gymnastic type of pole dancing rather than sexual. And they were dancing to such songs as ABBA, well, that's really a turn on, and Singing in the Rain by Gene Kelly. They weren't, you know, bump and grind type of songs, right? Well, I'd have to have the complete playlist in <laughs> order to determine that. But things got a little wild at the end because one of the women in the audience, an 81-year-old woman, got up on stage and started pole dancing herself. Oh, that's where I draw the line. It got pretty embarrassing. Some guy tried to stick a dollar bill in her pants, and it was a wrinkle. <laughs> and she was doing the... She Don't was you doing, hate it when that happens? Yeah, and she was doing the polka. The polka? And instead of busting the move, she was busting a hip, Thomas. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> uh, you know, after she got off, she was interviewed, and she said... The only pole dancing she ever did up till now was holding the safety bar in the bathtub. Oh. Right? So sad. <laughs> and now she's walking through the senior center and she wants to be called a new name. Her name is Beatrice. She now wants to be called Sierra or Jasmine. <laughs> huh? Uh, I think that's a nice thing they did for these older people, don't you? That is a wonderful thing. But it's probably going to put the senior citizen home out of business because they're going to be dropping like flies now. Too much excitement. You know, I've talked to my wife about this. I'm sure you've talked to Karen. I don't care how old I get. I am never going in one of those facilities. Somebody get Dr. Kevorkian on the phone. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. Can you see yourself at 85 being in a room that's depressing and you got to look out a window and I don't know. Oh, God, you're right. Kevorkian, where are you? Is he still alive? No, he died, didn't he? He died. He died. Dead or alive. That's a good one. How come we haven't done that in a while? Come because on. You, you told me not to. Oh, I never told you that. Yes, you did, because you said you'll never know when they're going to be dead or not. That's true. That's true. You know, we could be right in the middle of the story, and they'll croak, and then, yeah. Right. Take me to a horse, a, a racetrack and just leave me there. That's right. I'd rather be like a horse. That's I'd rather mean. be glue than in an old age home. <laughs> well, we got many years to think about it, pal, right? We do. We do. Tom and Mike. If anybody's listening on radio and is going to the doctors or have any kind of surgical things, may want to cover your ears, okay? And why is that? <laughs> they just found out, they did a study, and they found out that every year, Four to 6,000 foreign objects are left in patients each year. Oh, 
<laughs> Four to five thousand? Four to six thousand every year are left in patients. Wow. And these include sponges, scalpels, scissors, towels, needles, clamps. <laughs> that sounds like a, a dumping for, ground. Forceps. And how about this one? Surgical mask. What are you doing? Getting a really good look and it falls off and forget oh, it's in there? Uh oh. I can't get it now. <laughs> Let's close them up. And Sutures, nurse. And surgical gloves. Yeah. Man, oh man, oh man. I once it, went to a proctologist that left uh, something. Uh, you know, I didn't find out till the next morning. <laughs> as long as he couldn't palm a basketball, it's okay. Now, look, there's also problems with doctors and hospitals. Their patients are dying. And, you know, here are the not... <laughs> Here are some of the reasons why people die on the operating table. They operate on the wrong patient. They remove the breathing tube too early. They're not washing their hands through their latex gloves. Do you know that germs can actually travel through latex? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, here's the other thing. Just because you have latex gloves on, how many times have you been, you know, someplace and you see somebody like handling money with their latex gloves and everything else? The germs are on the gloves. Right. Just like they'd be on your hand. Right. But somehow they have this false sense of protection. I'm a germaphobe, my friend. <laughs> I, I notice all this stuff, okay? Yep. You should really change your gloves like <laughs> every time you, you know, do something different. You should have like 100 pairs a day. Right. Giving the wrong doses of medication, spreading an infection through a ventilator, performing surgery on the wrong body part. You hate that, don't you? Yeah. You know what the number one killer at a hospital is? Germs. Germs. That's, That's right, right, baby. Internal so, infection. Well, I tell you, Dr. Mengele would be proud of his report, wouldn't he? He's the guy that coined the phrase, is it safe? That's right. right. <laughs> I don't know this is such a shock. I mean, doctors aren't all that great to begin with, but they found out that they did a study and they asked doctors to say what was the most important object in their bag, the most important thing in their doctor's bag, in their bag. You know what they said? No. A three iron. A three iron. Yeah, baby. Okay. And they said that they took a tough medical exam going through college and they said they knew the femur was connected to the hip bone, but the hip bone connected to a new Mercedes. Did you hear that? I heard that. Yeah. Is that one of your originals? I don't think yes, it so. Is. I don't think it so. It is. Come Go on. I, that sounds all too familiar. Google it. See if you can find it anywhere. Okay. All right. You know, one thing about doctors, they bury their mistakes, don't they? They do. Right? <laughs> Let's open somebody up and find out what mistake lies. It's like going, you remember when you were a kid and you went to the dentist and you get to open up the treasure chest at the end? In this situation, you actually become the treasure chest. Right. Now we know why these guys wear masks, because they're so bad at their job most of the time. Correcto Monday. You love your doctors, so You go to doctors a lot, right? I, I do. My female, my all-female doctor staff. This is something I, Thomas and I will never agree on. He goes, to he goes to female doctors all the time. Not because they're hot looking, although, yeah. you know, that doesn't hurt. You told me one looked like a Russian hooker. Uh, well, huh. hey, you know, and she had great hands. She was a acupuncturist. Right. And still is, as far as I know. I should go back. Well, you and Robert Kraft. Me, no. <laughs> she made me feel so good. Yeah, I bet she, she did. She stuck those little needles in just the right place. Tom and Mike. I told you that story that I read years ago that a guy had sinus surgery. I don't know if we talked about this before, but real quick. He had sinus surgery, and about a year later, he had all these problems, and he went to another doctor, and they started pulling out gauze out of his nose. He had all this gauze in there. That sounds like a great trick at a party. That's right. Now he's a magician. <laughs> he's changed possession. Oh, you knew I was going to say that, didn't you? No, I didn't. All right.
Why? That was the joke? That was the joke. He changed professions and now he's a magician. Ah. So anyway, up in Maine, there's this interesting story. Nine nurses working in the labor and delivery floor, all the same floor, nine nurses are all pregnant at the same time. Wow. Paging Dr. Love, paging Dr. Love. (laughs) (laughs) Maury Povich is on his way up there right now. Yeah, what's up with that? Here's the question. Did it happen in Bangor, Maine? Bangor. (laughs) Oh, boy. You know, that was a little blue. It was. Congratulations, Maine. You made it into the news without talking about seafood. How about that? I like it. Yeah, man, all, all kinds of bells and alarms. Yeah, yeah I, I got to be paging Dr. Love right now myself. <laughs> Maybe last year was a really rainy year in Maine. You had nothing else to do, right? That's true. That's amazing. Right. You come up with real gems. I do, buddy, for you. Tom and Mike. I got this story out of my old hometown, Philadelphia, PA. They have something called the Philly Naked Bike Ride. It happens every September. It goes for 10 miles, and you get three to 500 naked people riding through the streets of Philadelphia. And it's done to promote fuel-conscious consumption, positive body image, and cycling advocacy. But they've just changed the date till August because in September, <laughs> these nude bikeless were getting too cold. In late September, it was a little too cold for their little tushies. Okay. Right? Totally stark naked. Well... It's, it's a mixture. Are they required to have any clothing at all? Well, they get around it by using body paint. Body paint. Right? I see. I think they're making the switch because they're just hoping to avoid shrinkage. Okay. In those cold September days, uh-huh. right? That's right. I just don't want to get on a bicycle naked. I mean, I thought- that just sounds like the worst idea ever. Especially if you're a man and you accidentally fall down to the bar. There's absolutely nothing between you and that cold metal thing going up. You know what? Now, this is a surprise. Do you know that when they have this bike ride, it's the one day a year that nobody gets their bike stolen? Oh, I can understand why. Uh, Riding naked through the streets of Philadelphia. Being in Philadelphia wasn't punished enough. You're going to have to see this kind of stuff, right? I don't have to see it because you know what? I'm not going to watch. I would imagine there's probably a lot of ugly people there. Oh, (laughs) your old hometown. That hurt. That hurt. Next thing you know, they'll be riding together on a bicycle built for two on a one seat. How about that? I bet there's a big sale on that week on used bicycle seats in Philadelphia also. What would you do if you came around the corner and you saw 500 people riding a bike nude? I'd be thinking... You'd get out your little camera, wouldn't you? That sleep aid I'm using at night really is giving me some bizarre dreams. Okay, so we're not going to Philly to watch that naked bike ride either. No, we're not. Tom and Mike! Now, I got another story about our favorite people. What? Who's our favorite people? Our favorite people on the planet? Yep. Oh, millennials. There you go. Do you know that voting is the new sex appeal for millennials? That is the best news I've had in forever. They care more about politics than bedroom chemistry when it comes to choosing a partner. Well, there was that one election, remember, with Bernie Sanders. Bernie was their guy. Right. And then they decided, you know, I don't like Hillary Clinton, so I'm not going to vote. Right. You see what happened, right? Yep. Yeah. So got big orange in there. So maybe maybe their ideas have changed a little bit. And I think that's a good thing. Well, listen to this. The number of millennials who want to date someone of the same political affiliation has risen 165% just since 2004. Wow. 73% of millennial women and 56% of men said they prefer a partner who votes in the same political party. So we're caring more about politics, but we're getting more tribal. Right. Millennials 
trying to connect on a meaningful shared ideology. We're always got a bad rap for being shallow and dating, but now they've changed it. And they're seeing a trend in other directions, meaning what you believe is important and voting is the new sex appeal. And it's leading to more connections on dating apps if you talk politics and especially their politics. How about that? I like it. It's such a big part of our life. I think that you should have shared views. You should be able to discuss these things, especially right. with somebody that you're close with. And if the relationship is adversarial, you know, that's never a good thing, right? Yeah. I think it's kind of the melding of the two ideas, like Mika and Joe, right? Right. But is it good to be with someone who thinks exactly the same way as you? Isn't that called a bubble? Not necessarily. Everybody's going to have their own ideas. They're not going to be completely like yours. I don't know. That's fun. Dating someone might be a little different opinion. You have those heated conversations before foreplay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think there's any foreplay or afterplay after that. Well, I give credit to millennials because when I was their age a few years ago, a little bit shallower, I could not have cared less about what some girl politics were. I wasn't looking for a high level political disclosure, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. You were looking for one thing. <laughs> you dog, you dog, you. <laughs> Tom and Mike. This is why, Thomas, I'm scared of Russians. Are you scared of Russians? Not really. <laughs> After I read this story, you might be scared of them. I mean, you have to admit, they're our biggest political foe, right? Or enemy, or however you want to call it. Are you trying to characterize an entire country as all being the same? Because you know that's not true. <laughs> well, listen to this story and tell me you don't think there's some hard-ass people living there. This guy has a problem with his foot. And he's a poor guy. He's married, has a wife, but they don't have much money, like a lot of couples in uh, Russia. So what's he do? He develops gangrene on his foot. He can't go to a doctor. They don't have the money. He cuts off his foot with a kitchen knife. The wife throws the dead foot in the trash. A dog in the neighborhood picks up the dead foot, brings it home. They call the police. They think they got a murder on their hands. Oh, my God. And listen to this. This guy, when he cut off his foot, didn't even have painkillers. That sounds totally cranky. What do you have, a bottle of vodka? Pictures of him on the internet if you want to go to Google. That's disgusting, but it does explain why others feet keep showing up on shore, right? <laughs> All because the hospital would charge him an arm and a leg, you know? Arm and a leg. And he'd have to foot the bill. <laughs> foot the bill. He's he, got a million of them. I bet he's hopping mad, isn't he? Hopping mad. <laughs> Uh, so do you think the authorities are going to charge him for attempted murder? But if they do, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. That's right. I want to know if the dog's okay for chewing that stupid foot. <laughs> and forget this guy being unemployed. He got a new career as a surgeon. And now tell me that doesn't kind of scare you about these Russians. You mean their health care system actually sucks more than ours does? Yep. Wow. Can you imagine that you would cut off your foot with a knife? No. I in your bed? I can't imagine that. I mean, there's one thing, that movie. Remember that movie a couple years ago where the guy got trapped on a mountain climbing oh, thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's understandable. He had to do that to live. Right. But this guy, he could have called the doctor and, you know, he could have paid it off little by little. Tough guys, Thomas. Tough guys. They're tough people. I wish I was that tough when you yelled at me. I, I, I get in a little ball. <laughs> people don't know that. Boy, this guy. We sound like buddies on the phone, but boy, when we get off. Oh, uh, no, no. We're compadres. You're my buddy. I, you're my pal. You're my amigo. Yes. You're my compadre. Yeah, you say that now. You're my podcast buddy See. at what's this world coming to.com. Tom and Mike.